Welcome to a bonus episode of the Teaming Up podcast. We saved a few extra minutes from Pauline and Greg's last episode on research and insights, and we wanted to leave you with a couple of tools and resources that would be helpful for you to conduct an audit of your own. Stay tuned as we're continuing to plan our next season in 2023, where we're going to have inside and outside voices contributing to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Let's talk about some of the tools we use when we go through this um, process. Yeah, yeah. There's um, so the tools definitely vary from um, again what the what the scope is and what we're uh, specifically trying to solve. So um, let's say a lot of our work is going to be on social media. Um, there's a handful of tools that we'll use there. Uh, you know, we'll go in and you know each of the social platforms have some of their native insights. Um, um, tools that you can go in and kind of see some of the metrics. Um, we use another tool called Falcon IO or Brandwatch. They've changed names a couple of times, but uh, we call it Falcon IO at Hodges. And that allows for um, a little bit more of a deeper dive into the some of the, the metrics and analytics for each of these platforms and kind of pulls it all together in one location. Uh, it also allows for a social listening feature. So you can kind of, you know, with certain keywords and queries, you can kind of go through and see, you know, how the internet at large is talking about, um, you know, a particular topic or subject matter. So that can be very helpful. Um, if it's more media oriented, there's, you know, several monitoring tools like Critical Mention and Muckrack that we use. Those are not explicit endorsements of those two tools. So <laughs> if there's any ad reps for other monitoring services, I'm sure yours is great. Um, but please don't ask us to update this podcast uh, just for a mention of your service. Sorry about that aside. Um, those can be great too at uh, you know seeing what uh, how much media coverage uh, an organization is getting and also how much media coverage their competitors are getting. Um, some of those also, excuse me, um, can allow for you know looking into specific key messages or specific key phrases in association with their organization to kind of segment out some of that media analysis. Um, from a primary research perspective, um, you know we love a good survey. Um, two of the main ones we use is Typeform and SurveyMonkey. Um, Typeform's great. It's uh, it's a little bit more, it's a little simpler in its user experience, which in our opinion at times can lead to higher um, completion rates among um, participants. Uh, SurveyMonkey is also really good because it allows for, in my mind, at least a little meatier analysis where you can kind of um, pull out subsets of the um, participant pool. So if you're asking like a demogra- demographic question on age, you can see specifically how like 18 to 25 year olds, if you ask that question, answered all the subsequent questions versus just all participants. And so those are two great tools. And then um, what else am I forgetting? Oh, and just a good what we're doing here, um, a good yeah. Zoom teams for uh, focus groups um, our one on one interviews. Um, I think this is something that's changed a lot um, over the last few years as we've all gotten more comfortable with video conferencing. Um, we used to do a lot of uh, phone conversations when um, people would be um, either in different geographies or uh, schedules just didn't allow for in-person meetings. But um, I always forget the percentage, but it's like something like 80 percent of all communications nonverbal. And, um, you know, with research in particular, it's so important to see somebody when you're talking to them to see how they, you know, their, their facial expressions might change or how they might lean back or lean forward. 
um, in response to a particular question. And so, um, you know, we use uh, video conferencing tools as well, which are very, very, very effective. Yeah, I want to stay on that for a touch because I feel like, you know, you're you're right. Um, Mm -hmm. Video conferencing or being able to see somebody when you're conducting these one on one interviews is so important just as you said, because of those nonverbal cues. And it also um, really helps to engender trust between us and the interview subject. I mean, a lot of times we're asking not difficult questions, but very pointed and probing questions. And, um, you know, the people on the other end want to make sure that they are talking to an actual person that they can trust with this information. Um, No, no, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, Sometimes these projects are to deal with very sensitive, raw issues for organizations and um, different people within that organization. And, um, you know, PR people don't always have the best reputation um, as being trustworthy or or all of that. Or, you know, people think that we're here just to kind of put a spin on something, which is not the case at all. Um, and so that kind of face to face or at least that, that having the visual aspect of these conversations um, is very, very important just to show um, as much as we can in our delivery of these questions, how much we care and how much we're truly there for, um, you know, not primarily the for the for the sake of the PR marketing department, but truly for the organization as a whole and those that they serve as well. That's right. They want to know that we actually believe in their work and their goals and that yeah. we're here to support them. So Absolutely. nothing better than one on one conversations face to face, be it yeah. albeit over the computer, but that's fine. Um, so I think we're at our time. Do we have any more questions left? No, I think we've reached our time. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with it, with, um, our listeners before we part ways? Um, I think one of the big things, and we've kind of touched a little bit on this throughout is that, you know, communications research doesn't have to be this big, scary, expensive thing. Um, you know, it can be as as simple as routinely going in and just evaluating the the insights that you have available to you. Again, if you're on social media, they all provide, you know, some degree of metrics for free on the platform. And so going through and seeing, you know, what type of posts were most, you know, got the most engagement or got the most reach over the last month and, you know, what commonalities do those posts have and how can we do more of that um, and and less of the posts that people aren't engaging with. Um, And a lot of this stuff, you know, for organizations that have bigger research needs or bigger feedback needs, if they haven't done any of this before, it's certainly going to be um, a bigger lift at the beginning or this first time out uh, to build this framework or to build this kind of research and feedback infrastructure. But once you have it, it's really just an effort of maintaining and, you know, whether it's you know quarterly or annually kind of going through and, and taking a step back and saying, you know, all right, what's, what's the feedback? What are we hearing? What's the data saying? And how do we need to tweak our strategy? Um, and it really needs to be kind of more of this, you know, fluid ongoing process and not something that, uh, you know, you don't think about for another year or two, and you have to kind of then go back and rebuild it all from scratch again. So yeah, that's my, that's my parting, my parting thought. I like the way you frame that up for people. One, it doesn't have to be scary. You can do little bits of it at a time with the yep. tools that you have available to you. And two, you know, once you do the big daunting, big research project um, from there, it's just a matter of tweaking and reassessing along the way as you go. And um, hopefully you don't have to invest as much time and effort like you did on the front end yeah